Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's the Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. And you're listening to the Sound Kitchen. Mm, yummy. And Susanna Wednesday is cooking. Welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 16th of September, the 259th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 106 days left in 2023. If we were all in Mexico today, we'd be celebrating Dieciséis de Septiembre, the day Mexico celebrates its independence from Spain. We'd be in the streets dancing and singing, drinking tequila and watching fireworks. I've been there several times for Dieciséis, which means 16 in Spanish, for the date. And I guarantee you it is some kind of fiesta. It all starts late the night before when throughout the country, all executive office holders from the President of the Republic down to municipal presidents reenact the Grito de Dolores, the cry of Dolores, from the balconies of their official residences. Dolores is a city in central Mexico in the state of Guanajuato. The state's called the Cradle of Independence because that's where the revolution started. On the 16th of September in 1810, Father Miguel Hidalgo y Costilla called on the Mexicans to end the Spanish rule of their country. At the end of his speech, or grito, he rang a bell, which is now at the presidential palace in Mexico City. After the grito, in which the officials shout things like, Viva Mexico! Viva Hidalgo! And the crowd shouts back, Viva! The president rings that bell, and the party begins. Mexicanas! Mexicanos! Viva la independencia! Viva! Viva Miguel Hidalgo y Costilla! Viva! Viva José María Morelos y Pavón! Viva! Viva Leona Vicario! Viva! Viva México! Viva! Viva México!
That was Los Laureles by Jose Lopez, sung by Mexican-American Linda Ronstadt. Oh, dear, now I'm feeling nostalgic. I lived in the state of Guanajuato when I was in my 20s, and I loved it. Mexico's a wonderful place. You should go someday. You're listening to The Sound Kitchen on RFI. I've got Baby Brother, also known as Paul Myers, right here next to me. Say hello, Baby Brother. Hola, Big Sister. <laughs> I don't know the Spanish for Big Sister, so I just say hola, Big Sister. <laughs> Paul's ready to mix in your delicious Sound Kitchen ingredients, your answers to the bonus question on the Listener's Corner. There's music from Air One still to come, too, but first... The Quiz. beginning of July, when Paul deserted us for the Wimbledon tennis tournament, although at least he did keep us up to date with his oh-so-insightful articles, he sent in strawberries and cream, grass and whites, where else but Wimbledon, which was my favorite of his reports. In that article, Paul described various and sundry Wimbledon traditions, most of which I didn't know about, did you? One of the musts at Wimbledon, it seems, is to eat strawberries and cream, which is a delicious combination. You were to send in the answer to this question. Who is behind the strawberry and cream dish? Who invented it or first put the two together, according to legend anyway? Paul, want to quote yourself? What's the answer? <laughs> well, the theory goes that the combination became synonymous with the competition because spectators at the inaugural final were offered the pairing as the event fell at the high point of the strawberry season. And that mix was chosen because Cardinal Thomas Wolsey, a mover and shaker in the court of King Henry VIII, served strawberries and cream together at a banquet for the king in 1509, and that was in nearby Hampton Court Palace. In addition to the quiz question, there was the bonus question, what have you done that made someone happy? Thanks to Jayanta Chakrabarti from New Delhi in India for the suggestion. You'll hear the answers later in the Listener's Corner, so please do stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... RFI Listeners Club member Nasir Muhammad from Katsina State, Nigeria. Nasir is also the winner of this week's bonus question. He wrote, After the death of my brother, who left a wife and three kids, I went to the wife and offered to marry her and to adopt the three children. It was also the most difficult decision I've ever made. Yeah, I bet it was. If you are Muslim, you know that this is encouraged in the Quran as a charitable act. It is seen as protecting a vulnerable person. It was an actual law in ancient Israel. Marrying a widow and adopting her children is a very different thing from having a bunch of wives just to show off or because you're debauched and unable to stay faithful. I understand, Brother Nasir, and I'm glad you made your brother's widow happy by protecting her in a very strong way. Hopefully, our societies, cultural and governmental, 
will evolve to the point where widows will not be so vulnerable and will be able to easily make their own way in the world, but we're not there yet. The other winners this week are RFI Listeners Club members Samir Mukhopadhyay from West Bengal, India, and Mrs. Kamini Katun from Odisha, India, as well as RFI English listeners Malik Alabachaya Kokar from the Sangat Radio Listeners Club in Muzaffagar, Pakistan, and Akhur Unisa Jini from Naugaon, Bangladesh. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. Earlier this week, French President Emmanuel Macron visited Bangladesh, the first visit by a sitting French president in 33 years. But, of course, you know all about it because you read our article. After G20, Macron visits Bangladesh, Biden goes to Vietnam to strengthen alliances. I want you to reread our article and send in the answer to this question. How much money is involved in bilateral trade between France and Bangladesh? Again, reread our article. After G20, Macron visits Bangladesh, Biden goes to Vietnam to strengthen alliances, and send in the number of euros generated in bilateral trade between France and Bangladesh. You'll find our article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. Baby brother, what's this week's bonus question? Not just one, but two listeners suggested this week's question, which is, who was your favorite teacher and why? Both Lata Akhtar Momo from Nagoan, Bangladesh, and Kuki Jayanara Yasmin from Bogura, which is also in Bangladesh, they suggested this week's question. Who was your favorite teacher and why? Remember, we're happy to hear your ideas for bonus questions, so please do send them in. Baby brother, how's about you? Well, there are a few. Um, shout out, obviously, to all the teachers who got me through my A-levels a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And um, But there was one in particular, the beginning of my schooling when I went away to school, and he was my French teacher, and he recommended me to go and study German. I remember him. But also because, and I will explain this, because his French lessons were absolutely chaotic. There were people throwing bits of paper. I was sitting next to one person who used to bully me during the lessons and say, if you don't give me the answers, I'll beat you up. And um, he went on to become a policeman. And... Um, <laughs> And then he would stop taking down the answers because if he got too good a mark, um, it would be obvious that he'd been copying from me. So he knew when to stop. So I guess he's really a top policeman now. <laughs> but um, and then I, I will go on because the when I went to see a friend's uh, father, we used to go away during the holidays. His father asked me, um, you know, how's it going and how's Vic Baker? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm really doing well in French. I really like him. But I said, his, his classes are absolute chaos. And um, so Danny's dad said, oh, Vic knows exactly what's going on. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, oh, Vic, during the war, 
He was special operations. He was behind the lines, doing all kinds of sabotage and taking out、um, bunkers and things like this on his own. And he said, "Vic knows who's throwing it, the trajectory, and where it's going to land. And if Vic wanted, that person would be dead before they even <laughs> raise their arm." And so you can imagine. In the next lesson, I was at the front, just rigid with fear. <laughs> <laughs> But Vic was an absolute darling of a, of a, a teacher, and his, his nickname was Dad because he was just so gentle. But this was a merciless killer in his youth, <laughs> and, and I guess, as it always goes, is that the reason why he was so lenient was the fact that that's why he'd fought in the war. So that's my favourite teacher. What an amazing story! <laughs> you know, you've made me remember my high school algebra teacher, who. I hate math. I, I count on my fingers. I'm really, really bad at it. And this algebra teacher, I not only excelled, I loved it.、Mm. He made it into a game,、yeah. and everybody in the class liked it. And you're, you're talking about、uh, chaotic. It was chaotic. We were all screaming the answers. We were so yeah. excited. Yeah. The principal came down because they thought <laughs> that he was not controlling the class.、Yeah. And when he saw that we were. We were screaming answers. It、yeah. was just gobsmacked, as you Brits yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just making、cool. it really exciting, in a different way. But、um, yeah, Vic was yeah brilliant. <laughs> My favorite teacher, though, hands down. I'm I'm so fortunate. I've had so many good teachers,、um, but hands down, it's Brother Edmund Hunt、mm -hmm. from my university days. He was my humanities professor, art history, literature,、uh, French. My French prof also. And、uh, he had two PhDs, one in Greek and Roman, one in ancient history. I mean, his mind、yeah. was just nonstop. He was so funny and so dear, and I stayed in touch with him. Ben went to visit him in the summers and until he died 20 years ago. And I have a picture of him close to my favorite chair, and I. I miss him to、yeah. this day. So, all you teachers out there, ha、yep. ha ha! Think about it. In probably,、uh, I don't know, about thirty years, these little ones you've got around you are going to be thinking of you, thinking in of the you. Ways, yeah, exactly. I still think of、um, my French A-level teacher, Mr. Marsden, who taught us about、uh, Flaubert and the difference between Deauville and Trouville, and. When I did actually go to Deauville for the first time, I sent a postcard back to him and say, and say, "I get、Excellent. the difference now,"、Excellent. which was what he was trying to, you know, impress upon us、um, yeah. at that time. And of course, we didn't know, but、um, yeah. I got it、yeah. many years later. And I did send a postcard to say, "Thank you." Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So, what about you? We've gone on and on about our teachers. Are you going to go on and on about your teachers? I hope so. You have until the ninth of October to get your answers to the quiz and the bonus question in. Be sure to tune in on the fourteenth of October to hear if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code, and don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a miss, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to English dot service at rfi dot fr. That's English dot service at rfi dot fr. 
You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus three three six three one one two nine six eight two. That's plus three three six three one one two nine six eight two. Always include your postal mailing address, and if you have one, your RFI Club membership number. Taso aurai, Susan's B. The Sound Kitchen program ki Radio France International Sara. And now more from and about you. It's time for the listeners' corner. Take it away, my dear baby brother. The question you answered for this week is: What have you done that made someone happy? It was suggested by Jayabanta Chakrabarti. Radha Krishna Pillai wrote that making someone happy comes from, as he wrote, a simple touch of affection and extending a helping hand. Malik Ala Bachaya Kokar did just that. He wrote that he visited a sick friend after I learned that he was alone. And nobody had visited him for weeks. Riaz Ahmad Khan wrote he tries to make people happy by bringing them food or vegetables or water, or helping them pay their electricity and gas bills. Oh, that's sweet, Riaz. Indeed, it is. And、uh, Dipita Chakrabarti wrote, "This is the season of mangoes in India." When you can have the best of these juicy, yummy fruits, I sent a basket of these delicious fruits to my mother in Kolkata. I cannot express her joy and happiness when she received them. I'd be overjoyed too. Oh, I love mangoes. De Peter's husband, Jayanta Chakrabarti, wrote: Last winter, we were having dinner at a roadside restaurant when my son pointed to a boy who had been staring at us outside the glass panel. For a long time, I sensed something was amiss. My reflex response was to call in the boy and offer him a seat at our table. On inquiry, I learned that he was new in the city, hungry from morning, having lost his purse in the metro crowd. You should have seen his face light up in happiness and gratitude—a rare spectacle that I cannot forget to this day. This one is from a clever man, Kashif Khalil. He knows how to make his wife happy, and it seems as if he likes to make his wife happy. This is what he wrote: "My wife is happy when I take her shopping and then out to dinner. It instantly brightens up the love." I like that too, Kashif. Except mine won't take me shopping. He hates it. But when he proposes a restaurant, I too am brightened up, as you put it. <laughs> That's so nice. We'll close with a very funny, happy story and one that sounds rather familiar. Hans Werner Lollicker wrote, "I went shopping right after I heard the bonus question, and this happened. I picked up my groceries and took them to my bike when a very kind lady came running to me and said, 'You forgot your creme fraiche.'" She made me happy. I went back for my creme fraiche, and the young man at the counter said, "Yes, you forgot your creme fraiche, but the lady forgot her six-pack of beer." So I went out to the parking lot and told her, "Thank you for helping me out by reminding me of my creme fraiche, but you forgot your six-pack of beer." So two forgetful elderly people went off happy, one on his bike with his creme fraiche, 
and the very kind lady with her six bottles of beer. I love that story. But, uh, baby brother, why'd you say that Han's story sounded familiar? Well, creme fraiche, cream, strawberries, mummy, <laughs> insisting... <laughs> insisting that I come back from Wimbledon with strawberries and cream. <laughs> Where are my strawberries? <laughs> Not, did you have a good day? <laughs> Remember, everyone, this week's bonus question is, who was your favourite teacher and why? Thanks to both Lata Akta Momo from Nagawan, Bangladesh, and Kuki Jayanara Yasmin from Bogura, which is also in Bangladesh, for the suggestion. Do you have a bonus question idea? Well, if so, send it to us at the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating. And a special thanks to my baby brother. He's 21 days younger than me, Mr. Paul Myers is. Thanks, Paul, for hanging out in the kitchen with us. Always a pleasure. Thanks very much. Paul, we got excited last week and thought you wouldn't be here today, <laughs> but now you really are taking off for the next three weeks, maybe more. Tell everyone what you're up to. Uh, it's the Rugby Union World Cup, which is taking place here in France, and over the next couple of weekends, I'll be out of Paris uh, covering some of the matches, which will be taking place in Toulouse, Lyon, Marseille, and... That's it, really. I'll be going down to those venues, to those stadiums there to watch the matches. Uh, it's going to be hot and exciting. Well, enjoy. And uh, we'll be uh, thinking about your articles and probably have a question here and there gleaned from your articles. My name is Melissa Shamam, and you're listening to The Sound Kitchen on Radio France International. And that's the voice you'll hear for the next three weeks while Paul is away. RFI English journalist Melissa Shimam has kindly agreed to sit in for Paul and help us cook. She has a lovely voice, doesn't she? Really good journo, too. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining me in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many, many thanks to Erwan Rome for putting the show together and all his great input, and thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next week for the answer to the question about the director of the 2024 Paris Olympics opening ceremony. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch and stay safe, my friends. I'll play you out with music from Erwan, our sound engineer, who's also a musician, and my good pal. Just so you see how connected we are, he chose a piece of music by the band we talked about last week when he wasn't here, and hence didn't know we talked about them. Pretty cool, no? I just love synchronicity. If you remember, last week's quiz question was about the London-based jazz band, the Bali Maya Project, a 13-piece band led by percussionist Kamara Onono. RFI English reporter Melissa Shamam called them a tour de force of sound fusion and energy.
The Bali Maya Project combines contemporary jazz with the traditional repertoire and folklore of the Mande people of West Africa. They're having a good career. They just released their second album, and they're scheduled to perform in October at London's Barbican Center, which is a prime concert venue. Erwan chose Sonika Patronoba from their first album, Wolo So. The Balimaya Project is led by composer, arranger, and djembe player, Yahael Kamara Onono. The singer is the Paris-based Malian singer, Mariam Tunkara Kone. Enjoy. And thanks again, Erwan, for another musical adventure. Talk to you all next week. Ivo de Jelly, consegui mais.